Hey guys, welcome to the Filming with Josh podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Milligan, and today I'm going to talk about how to seal the deal. This is the Filming with Josh podcast, brought to you by Rustic River Media. Welcome to the videographer's home for tips, tricks, and how to make flicks. Thanks, guys, for tuning in to another episode of the Filming with Josh podcast. I don't know about you guys, but I am totally over this whole quarantine thing. I have done just about everything I know to do. <laughs> I have worked on my garage, cleaned it up some, worked around the house. I've been organizing my hard drives. I've even finished up some small editing projects that I had. And uh, right now what I'm doing is I'm finishing my new Rustic River Media video. I don't really like to make highlight reels. Highlight reels to me typically mean music montages, and I don't feel like that's a really good representation of your ability to make a creative video from concept to final production. So when I make, quote, a highlight reel, I like to make more of a business video where it's interview driven or voiceover driven, one or the other, where you describe what what you do, how long you've been in business, what you offer, and uh, how you how you work, that type of thing. And then you can fill in what you're talking about with examples of your work that have to do with what you're talking about when you're talking about it. And that does a better job of, rather than a highlight reel, it's just a music montage that anybody can make. It does a good job of showing your ability to create a video from concept to final production and have a well thought out um, uh, script and have shots that match with it while also showing examples of your work. So that's what I like to do. I haven't made one since 2016, so it's been a while, uh, going on four years now. So I finally decided I'd take this time to make my new one, and I'm almost done with it, and I can't wait until I am. It's pretty sweet. Uh, but once I'm done with that, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what to do from here. So I'm hopefully, hopefully when we're done with that, the economy will open back up and we can get back out and get back to work. Otherwise, I'm just going to become a Netflix slave and just going to sit around and watch Netflix all day. That's about what it's, that's about where I am right now. <laughs> um, but in the meantime, I'm going to keep spitting out podcasts. And the one I want to talk about today is how to seal the deal. When it comes to video production, there is the whole creative side that is usually what people talk about, right? People usually, when they're when they're talking about video production or trying to learn about it, they're asking questions about the creative process. Uh, what cameras or equipment do I should I use? What uh, lighting should I use? Or how do I light? Um, how do I capture great sounding audio? How do I storyboard? How do I edit? You know, those topics are the topics of the conversation you usually see take place when it comes to. Um, video production, but there's a whole nother side to it. It's one thing to learn how to create good videos, but it's a totally another thing to learn how to profit off of those videos and build a business off of it, or at least build a career. And so one thing I try to do on the Filming with Josh podcast, as well as on the Filming with Josh Facebook group, is spend time talking about the business side of video production, because to me, it's just as important. If you don't know how to profit off of your creative skills, then it will only ever just be a hobby for you. So knowing the business side is just as important as knowing the creative side. And so in the past, I've talked about things like um, contracts or how to start a video business, whether or not you should have like an LLC or things like that. And I've even done a really great podcast and a really great blog about how to price your video work. If you haven't, read that blog or, or heard that podcast, I want to encourage you to check them out, especially the blog. I think the blog is, is awesome. If you want to read that blog, go to my website, www.rusticriver.media and click on the Filming with Josh tab. And there's a whole list of blogs in there. And one of them is called How to Price Your Video Work. And I think that's a pretty awesome blog that breaks down how to price your work, whether you should price by the day or by the project, how to price for expenses, um, kind of some some ideas of what, what your pricing could or should be. And it's not a one-size-fits-all thing, and I get that because what your price might be might be different than someone else's depending on skill level and equipment and things like that. But I talk about 
all of that in the blog. And I also talk about it in the podcast, which is also called How to Price Your Video Work. So if you haven't checked either of those out, please go do that. I promise you it's a great resource and will really help you have a better understanding of how to price your work. But pricing your work is only one part of getting business, right? The whole other part is sealing the deal. And that's what I want to talk about today. When you are able to land a meeting and you're going into a meeting and maybe you know how to price your work and so you can go in equipped with that, but if you don't know how to seal the deal, then you're kind of just taking a shot in the dark and just hoping that they'll hire you. What I want to do is talk to you today about how to go into a meeting and walk out of it with a signed contract or at the very least walk out of it confident knowing that you're probably going to get work from that meeting. And that's what we're going to talk about. So to make this kind of a easy to understand process, what we're going to do here is we're going to work through a hypothetical situation. Let's say that you were out with your wife and your friends at your local watering hole on a Friday night and you get up to go get a drink and you go to the bar and you're waiting on the bartender to come help you. And while you're waiting, there's another guy standing beside you who's also waiting to order a drink. And that guy looks at you and notices that you're wearing a fishing hat that says Abu Garcia on it. So he strikes up a conversation. He says, hey man, you like to fish? Notice your hat. And you say, yeah, I love to fish. And he's like, really, where do you fish at? And I'm like, well, I I fish around here some, um, but I really like to fish down at the Gulf Coast down in Corpus Christi. And the guy says, no way, I love to fish down there. I've been fishing there for years. And y'all start talking back and forth about fishing. Then the guy says to you, man, do you live around here? And you say, yeah, I do. And he says, what do you do? And you say, well, I own a, a small video production company here in town. And he says, no way. What do you, uh, what kind of videos do you do? And you say, well, you know, I like to do a wide variety of videos. We do everything from small business commercials to television commercials to corporate videos to weddings. We even do some outdoor video projects, just a wide variety of stuff. And he says, no way, that's awesome. I actually have been looking for someone to do a video about my business. And you say, really, what kind of business do you have? And he says, well, I own a custom home building company. And you're like, no way. What what kind of uh, what kind of custom homes do you build? And he says, well, I, you know, I build uh, pretty high end homes around the Austin area, and uh, we've been doing it for several years now, and we're we're booming and growing quite a bit. And he's like, wow, no kidding. And, and you've you've been looking to have a video made. And he says, yeah, I'm I've been looking for something to have on my website that kind of talks about my business. And you're like, man, I could totally do that for you. Let's get together and meet sometime. And he says, well, how's next week work for you? And you say, well, I'm I'm available next week. How's uh, how does Wednesday for lunch sound? And he says, man, that sounds great. And he says, why don't we meet at Sean Patrick's? So a local bar. And you say, yeah, that sounds great, man. We'll meet, we'll meet at Sean Patrick's next Wednesday at lunch. And, and we'll, we'll talk through this. this. This is great. And the guy says, yeah, man, I'm so glad we met. And he introduces himself. He says, I'm, I, my name's Mike. And you say, I'm so-and-so. And y'all shake hands and plan to meet at Sean Patrick's the following Wednesday for uh, a meeting about making a video. So you're in, right? You've got your foot in the door. And that's exciting. This is the part, though, where you now have to formulate a plan on how to go into that meeting and seal the deal. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Now that we know the situation, we need to talk about the importance of going into this meeting with a plan. It's one thing to just show up to a meeting and hear what the client has to say and kind of talk through it. And you can do that. But if you want a much better shot at going into the meeting and leaving with a contract, then you need to plan ahead of time before you ever go there. You stand a way, way better chance at getting a contract with a client if you go into the meeting with a plan and a proposal than you do if you just show up. So what we're going to do is we're going to figure out how we're going to create a plan for this meeting. This is how we're going to seal the deal. So what we're going to do is you have between Saturday morning and Wednesday at lunch to formulate a plan and to do research and create a proposal to know that you have a good shot at walking into this this meeting and getting the job. So to formulate that plan, what we're going to do is we're going to start by researching our potential client. 
We're going to look him up and look up his business and read everything we can find about it. If he's in the chamber, we want to read about it. If he's got a LinkedIn profile, we want to read about it. If he's got a website, which hopefully he does, we want to check it out. And we want to see, does he have a video already? If he does, what do we like and what do we don't like about it? And we want to find out what his competitors are doing. We want to look up other custom home building companies and see the kinds of videos that they've made and get an idea of what his industry has and doesn't have. We're going to take that information and we're going to start creating an idea for a video. You see, what we don't want to do is we don't want to go to the meeting and ask him what he would like to have in a video. That's a recipe for disaster. What you want to do is you want to go to the meeting and paint a picture of a video that you have already thought out for your client that gets them excited. You want to paint a picture that they can see and understand so that they are like, yeah, let's do this. When can we get started? That's what you want to do. So we're going to take all the information we've gathered and we're going to start formulating an idea of a video that we're going to make for him. So let's say during our research, we noticed that on his website, he does not have a video at all. There's no video on his website. So that's perfect because we know we, we're, not, we're not having to recreate something. We're starting completely from scratch. This is going to be the first web video that he's going to have. That kind of helps us get an idea of, of what to create. So what we're going to want to do here is we're going to, let's just say we decide that we want to create a three-minute web video that is interview-driven and talks about the company, how it got started, what they offer today, and includes some testimonials mixed in from real clients. We feel like a three-minute video is the good length and is plenty of time to kind of talk about the company, show their process and kind of what, what they offer, and then show some some testimonials from real clients. We feel like that's a good length. So we write all this down. And we decide that we want him to be the one we interview since he's the owner of the company. And we're going to cut his interview with old photos of when they first got started, some B-roll content of their office place. Um, we also want to have some B-roll of them designing and building houses. And then from there, we're going to cut to two different testimonials from two different clients of his where we're going to show them talking about their houses and we're going to show their finished houses while they're talking about it. And this is the concept for the video. So now that we kind of have an idea, we're going to have a three minute web video that we're going to help him put on his website. And we're going to tell him that he can also use this to uh, market on social media. And now, so we, we have an idea of the video and, we, and its length and we kind of know what we're going to have in it. So now what we want to do is figure out what the cost of that video is going to be. So to figure that out, we first have to figure out, and, and again, I already have done a, a podcast and a blog about how to price your video work, but I'll quickly run through this example for this scenario so we can paint a real picture here. So in this scenario, let's just say we know it's going to take us a full day. If we get the job, it's going to take us a full day to write the script and the dialogue that we want him to say. And it's also going to take us, or it's going to take us a day to do that and to location scout. So about half a day of writing a script and a half a day of location scouting. And we know that location scouting is important because we want to get an idea before we start shooting of what these houses look like so we can plan accordingly. So it's going to take a full day to write the script and dialogue and a location scout. So that's one day. We also know it's going to take three days to film. Okay, we think it's going to take one day to do the interviews and then get the shots of the office. We know it's going to take one day to get shots of him and his crew designing and building custom homes. And we know it's going to take us uh, an, another day to film the two client testimonials and get shots of both their finished houses. So we're going to do like one in the morning, and one in the evening. And so we've got three days of filming and we have one day of script writing and location scouting. So that's four days. And then we estimate it's probably going to take about two days to edit the project. Um, so we got about, in total, we've got about six days in. Three days of shooting, one day of location scouting and script writing, and two days of editing. And let's say that our day rate is $1,000 a day. So six days of labor all in, we're looking at $6,000. Now we have to figure out our expenses. We know that we guesstimate that we're probably going to spend $200 on music or want to at least set aside $200 for music. Whether or not that we spend that much doesn't matter. We just want to set that aside. Um, 
and then we want to set aside $50 for basic graphics effects. Um, we want to set aside $100 for travel in our vehicle at the state per diem rate. And we want to set aside another $25 for duplicate hard drive space so we can keep his uh, footage and finished product projects on file, duplicate hard drives forever. And so our expenses are going to be $375, but we're going to round that up to $500 just to be safe in case there's any other unforeseen expenses like maybe some sound effects or uh, this, that, and the other. So we set aside, we decide $500 for expenses. So our total estimate for our pitch is going to be $6,500. So now that we have an idea of what we're going to, what we want to make for him, as well as the how long it's going to take and what the cost is, we can now begin developing a custom proposal. This is the most important part of sealing the deal. If you walk in with the proposal, your chances of getting a job skyrocket, especially if you have a badass proposal. When it comes to building proposals, here's my advice. I, several years ago, decided to build a really great custom proposal for a big job that I was pitching to a customer. And I spent like a day and a half making this proposal, which sounds excessive, but I wanted to build something amazing. And I knew that I could use this as a template to build other proposals off of in the future. So I spent like a day and a half, built this super awesome custom proposal. And now ever since then, that has been my template for all my all my proposals. And now that I have a template, and, I, and I've tweaked it over the years, and I've added some things or taken some things away, but the basic template itself has stayed the same for years now. And now when I go to create a proposal for a client, it only takes me about an hour to do. I simply change out the names and the background photos and maybe the example videos and, and uh, change some of the information in the contract or the pitch or the process. And so I, I, I swap things out because every job's different and every customer's different, but the basic template itself is the same. So in about an hour, I can take my custom proposal template and plug in all the information for my new client and build a custom proposal for them in just an hour. And all of that happened because I spent a day and a half several years ago building this template. And my proposals are awesome. And they are, and they're game changing. When I walk into a into a meeting and I pull up my proposals, my clients are almost always floored. And I would I would venture to say that my proposals have gotten me a lot of my jobs just from the proposal itself. Like Texas State University, the first time they went to hire me to do TEDx for them, when they saw my proposal, they were floored. And they, they wanted to work with me right then and there because they knew if I could do what I did in this proposal in my project for them, then they knew they hired their, they were going to hire the right guy for the job. So a really kick-ass proposal that's really well done seriously can be game-changing for you. So now that we know all this information, we can create a proposal for our client. And in our proposal, we want to like thank him for his interest. We want to include information about us. We want to have what our idea is, what our process is, maybe an example video of something we've made similar to what we're pitching. We also want to have uh, how much our estimate is, some client testimonials uh, for our business, as well as terms and conditions. All of that needs to be in our proposal. And again, if you take the time to build one proposal template, this process won't take you that long when you go to write a proposal for someone else. So to break down our proposal, this is what we're gonna wanna have in it. First off, it needs to be very clear, very organized, and easy to read through. We don't want it, we don't want an excessive amount of writing or an excessive amount of information. We're gonna put plenty of information in it, but we don't need to have so much detail that they're reading it for hours. So that's really important. We want a clean, easy to read, organized proposal that jumps out at the client. So to do this, the first thing we're gonna do is we know in this proposal when in between different blocks like the estimate block and the timeline block and our block where our testimonials are, we wanna have really great looking pictures. And what I like to do in my proposals is I like to have the pictures in my proposal to appeal to the type of job I'm 
building my proposal for. So if I'm building a proposal to do a video for a hunting outfit, I want some really great looking wildlife pictures, maybe a great looking uh, hunting lodge picture, maybe a great aerial shot of a big scenic uh, timber track of land, things like that, things that will appeal to that crowd. If I am making a proposal for, um, I don't know, like a, a medical client, I'm going to have uh, pick photographs of medical stuff that I've done. And I want my, I want these things in here to be custom so that whenever they get my proposal, the pictures and the graphics in the proposal appeal to the specific job I'm applying or am uh, proposing. And also because it makes it look that much more custom for them, which is impressive. And that's what we want to do in our meeting is we want to impress. So, because to me, guys, think of your proposal as your resume. Like, that's essentially what it is. Every time you go into a meeting with someone, you're essentially applying for a job. So your, your proposal is your resume. And because you're in the creative video industry or creative photography industry, if, this, if, if you're doing something like this for, for photography, your resume or your proposal needs to be very creative. Because that is, if you come in with a Word document, but you're proposing to do photography or video for someone, that doesn't make you look creative. You are a creative, so your proposal needs to look creative. So in my proposals, I break everything up with beautiful full-size pictures that appeal to that specific client. So in our instance, let's say we've never done a home building video before, but we have done real estate. So what we could do is we can take some real estate photos of some of our best houses or commercial real estate uh, places that we've done, and we can use those photos as our photo content. And if we don't have anything like that, no real estate or no home building photos, then we can go out and shoot some real quick. We have time before the meeting, so we can maybe go out and call a friend of ours that has a nice house or something and go shoot some some photos for this proposal. Trust me, it's important that you do this. But more, more often than not, you'll probably find that you have photos on file that you can use that are similar to what you're pitching. So in this case, for our home builder, let's say we're using really nice real estate photos. And we're also going to mix in a few photos of us on the job. Maybe it's equipment or maybe it's you working with a piece of equipment, but a really nice photo of you on the job so they can get a sense of what you and your equipment looks like. Now that we've kind of got our photos and stuff picked out, what we want in our proposal is a brief intro at the beginning of who we are, what we do, and how long we've been in business. It doesn't have to be long. It could just be a quick paragraph of Hey, I'm so-and-so, I own so-and-so production company. We were founded back in such and such year. And these are the types of jobs we do. We thank you for your interest, that type of thing. And underneath that, we can have something like a video about our business. This is where we could have our highlight reel, or as I told you guys earlier, I like to make videos about my business. So we can have a video about our business right there. So there's our video right underneath our brief description. The next thing that we're gonna do is we're gonna have, and we're gonna describe our idea for them, like what it is that we plan. So in this case, we're gonna have underneath our our information about our business, we're gonna have our idea of what we wanna make for them. This is where we're gonna briefly describe our three minute website, driv uh, website video that's interview driven, that talks about the company, how it got started, what they offer today, and testimonials mixed with footage of um, old photos uh, that of when they first got started, footage of their current office space, B-roll content of them designing and building houses, and the testimonials mixed with B-roll of finished houses. So we're going to write all that down in a brief, easy to read, not super descriptive, but just brief, easy to read paragraph. And then we're going to include with that a, if we have something like this, an example video of something we've made similar to what we're going to do for them. Even if it's not home building, if it's a similar style video, say you've made a video for, um, 
like uh, let's say we've made a video for a lawn care company and but the formula is similar right we made for this lawn care company we did a video that said you know who they were how they got started and what they offered today and had some testimonials the formula is similar so we could put that video there and say hey look this is what we want to make for you and here's an example of a video a similar video we did for a lawn care company this is the type of video we are are pitching or proposing to make for you. So we're going to put that video right there so we can on the fly right there in our proposal show them an example of what we can do for them. So that's the next part of our proposal. The next thing we're going to have in our proposal is what our process is. In our process, I like to break my process down into six sections. Pre-production, location scouting, production, post-production, presentation and revision, revisions, and launch and market. And so what we'll do is, is this will just be like one part of the proposal and it doesn't have to be long, but you just want to say like, this is our process and have those six steps listed and then a brief description under that step of what it is. So for pre-production, it will quickly in like two sentences explain pre-production and location scouting will briefly explain our location scouting process, same thing with production, post-production. Presentation revisions is where you like pre present your product, the rough draft, and then make the revisions to it. And then launch and market. For me, launch and market is where we're done with the file. We help you get it out there to the world. So what we do is we, I like to break those six different steps of my process down and briefly describe what those steps are. That way, when he he's now seen who we are and what we do, He's seen what we're proposing we make for him with an example. And then now we have described the process so he understands how this process is going to work when he hires us, if he hires us. After that, we're going to follow that at the bottom with a estimated turnaround time for the project. This is really important so that he understands an estimated timeline of when he can expect the video. You don't have to have your dates yet because you're just pitching the idea. You don't know when you're going to do it. But what you can do is figure out how long you think it would take you to turn the project around to him after you finish shooting it. So for me, the, the shooting part is the production phase. So what I like to put as a sentence, it's like uh, estimated timeline is four weeks after the end of production. And you always want to... Um, as my wife, she's the one who always hits home with me on this one. She always reminds me to um, under-promise and over-deliver. So that's what I like to do here. If I Even if I think I can edit it in two days, I'm going to tell them like four weeks because I might have other things I'm working on, um, but try to deliver it in faster than four weeks. So I've under-promised and over-delivered, and that's what we want to do there. After that, we need to provide our quote and just do it as a single number. You don't want to break it down like, this much for shooting and this much for editing and this much for music and this much for that. You don't want to do that because what they'll do is they'll pick apart your quote. Well, we could do without graphics to save money there, or we could do these three days in just two days or just one day. You don't want your client or potential client to do that because they don't understand the process the way you do. You just want to have one round number, or even if it's down to a penny, you just want to have a number there, one single number, so that they know what it's going to cost, and that's it. So that's what we're going to put there. Then under that, we're going to have our testimonials. I like to have three written testimonials. And for my testimonials, I just have like a picture of one of my clients. And I like to have a variety of clients. Like uh, one might be a hunting outfit owner, one might be a medical client, and one might be like Texas State University. And the reason why I like having it broken down to three different varieties is so I can show my potential client that I I do all kinds of, of work and all kinds of businesses. It shows that I'm well-rounded. So I like to have three written testimonials here, and I like to have pictures of my clients for their testimonial, uh, uh, what their name and position and company is, and then their written testimonial. And I just ask my clients all the time to send me, hey, would you mind sending me like a, a three-sentence long testimonial and or something short? And that's what I plug in there. So that's where that's where your testimonials go. And this is really good because now he can see, he can see and hear from real-world clients, especially if they're recognizable clients. After that, we want to have our terms and conditions. The terms and conditions portion of this proposal is our contract. This is where we're going to have our written contract for that describes what they're paying for, um, what what they're going to get, 
what the uh, payment process is going to look like, all that type of stuff, who owns what, all that's in your terms and conditions. And then on the bottom of your terms and conditions, under the proposal, under everything, it's the very end of your proposal, we're going to have a signature spot. This is a digital, for me, I have a digital signature spot where if they click accept, it pops up and asks them for their name, position, and signature. And in order, in my proposals, and you don't have to do this, but in my proposals, I have it to where when they hit accept and they go to fill in their information, they have to put in their credit card information for the deposit. That way, I know that when they sign the contract, I'm getting the deposit. That's a new thing I started doing this past year, but I like it because I've found that a lot of times clients would sign an, a proposal and agree to a project, but I might be waiting around forever for their deposit. So I also have found out that my clients really like paying with credit cards. So I set up with my proposal um, an affordable credit card payment system so that when they go to accept my proposal, it will not let them accept it until they put their credit card information for the amount of the deposit, whatever that deposit amount is. And so I have that at the end of my proposal so that if my client, potential client, accepts this proposal, what we're proposing to them, they will fill in their information, put in their credit card info, and hit submit, and I will instantly get a deposit from them for the project. And what also happens is when he sign, he or she signs this contract, it digitally locks it and sends us both an email immediately of the contract and the proposal that can no longer be edited. And it's also time-stamped and stamped with digital encoding that tells you where it was, when it was signed, and this, that, and the other, so that if it ever did go to court for either any reason for either party, we could verify the signature when it happened and everything else. So it's a very, very secure contract. Digitally, it, to me, this is more secure and will hold up better in court than a written contract because this is so, it's so secure. So this is a really good way to do it. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to build this whole proposal for them that's going to break all this stuff down and we're going to make it filled with beautiful pictures an example video, our video, the price, the contract, everything, all in one digital document. That way, when we go to our meeting, we are prepared. What we're going to do from here is we're going to save the proposal, have it pulled up right there on our computers so we can bring the laptop to our meeting and pull it right up for them to see. And uh, then we're going to start figuring out what we're going to wear. I like to, for a meeting, dress for the meeting. And what I mean by that is, you always want to dress for your client, right? If you're meeting with a hunting outfitter, you might want to show up with jeans, boots, and a button-up shirt. If you're meeting with the owner of a large medical corporation, you might want to show up in a suit and tie. You always want to try to dress to your client so you appeal to them. So for this case, because we're meeting a home building company, what I'm going to suggest that we wear is we're going to go with jeans, boots, a button-up shirt, and maybe a sports jacket. That's what we're going to wear. That way, when we show up to the meeting, we we look professional. We look like we were prepared. And we're going to come with a laptop that's got this beautiful, badass proposal that's got everything lined out, a price, a, uh, what we're going to make for them, everything. And so what happens is when Wednesday rolls around and we go to the Sean Patrick's place to meet our client, Mike, we're going to show up and we're going to look the part. We're going to have like a briefcase with our laptop in it. We're dressed right. We're going to walk into the meeting and he's going to thank us for coming. We're going to sit down, order some food, chat, some small talk. And then we're going to ask him, we're going to ask our client, tell us a little more about your business. And so we're going to give them the opportunity to talk about their business and how they got started and what they do and just tell us in more detail. And then at that point, when we see the opportunity, and this is, this is where our time to shine comes in, we're going to say, well, you know, Mike, I want to thank you for meeting, meeting with me today. Um, I took some time to research your business. I checked out your website. And I've even looked up uh, some of your competitors to get an idea of what they're doing. And I came up with an idea on what I think would be a really great website video for your business. I envision making a us making a three-minute video that we put right there front and center on your website. You've got a nice space for it, and we could put it right under your About section. And this can be the first thing that people see when they go to your page so that they can hear from you and learn about your company right there. And you could take the same video and you can put it on social media and tar 
use targeted ads to market this video to on both Instagram and Facebook to your target market. And we can even help you. I would even be willing to help you build those target ads free of charge just to uh, to make sure that you get this video in front of the right place. Well, he, at, at this point in time, he's already going to be intrigued, right? So then we're going to go in and I'm going to start telling him about what the idea is. You know, say for this three minute video, this is what we plan to do. We plan to, to come up and, and work with you for, for half a day and write a script that says everything we want to say about your business and plan out some shots. And then I would like to go do some location scouting, which is where I, I go and look at the different places we're going to shoot so I can get a, get familiar with what to expect. Then once that's done, we're going to pick a date. And then what I want to do is I want to come film a sit-down interview of you where you are narrating the script we wrote. And I'm going to cut your interview with a bunch of beautiful footage that shows um, some old photographs of of your business when you got started. I want to show shots of your current office space. I want to show shots of people designing and building houses, uh, current custom houses for your company. And then after we get all these shots, I want to spend a day where I want to meet with two of your clients and that would be willing to give testimonials um, on houses that you're really proud of. You can help me pick out two clients that would be happy to get on camera for us. And what we'd like to do is just get them in like 30 seconds to explain um, what, what you did for them, what it means to them, and then maybe show shots of their house outside and inside. And we're going to do that for two different clients. And we're going to take your interview and all this pretty footage, plus these, this testimonial videos and we're going to build a three minute video for your website that tells who you are, how you got started, what you offer and let people hear from your clients. Well, he's going to, Mike's going to look at you and he's going to be floored. He's like, man, that's perfect. That's exactly what I need for my business. More than likely that's what his response is going to be. You've painted a picture for him. You've shown this potential client, Mike, what you're going to do for him and broken it down so he can see for himself an idea of what of what his video could look like. And that's going to fire him up. Then we're going to sh- pull up our proposal and we'll say, look, I built a custom proposal for you that breaks this down. In this proposal, I'll send you an emailed copy. And in it, it, it kind of tells you a little bit about my business, um, what I just described to you today, and what the process and, and timeline would be. I wanted to show, and then you, we're going to pull it up and kind of just briefly scroll through it. He didn't have to read through it right there during lunch, but we just want to show it to him so he can see it and be blown away by it. And then we'll email a copy to him after the meeting so that he can actually read through it. But while we're showing him, we're going to say, look, I, I have in this proposal, I, I have a video I'd like to show you. This is an example of a video we made for a lawn care company that's really similar to what I'm proposing we make for you. It's just uh, different business. And we're going to play and show him the video so that he can start to get an idea of what his video is going to look like. And then he's going to like, man, your work looks great. This is awesome. This is definitely what I need. And you say, and then he'll probably, the first natural question is, what, what's this going to cost? And you can say, well, I've ran the numbers. And then you'll scroll down on your proposal to the, to the quote section. And you say, I've ran the numbers. And I can make this for you for $6,500. And then we're going to see what his response is. Now, there's a good chance he's going to look at you and say, you know what? This is exactly what I need. I've heard enough. Let's do it. How do we get started? And then you can just, then, then you're in, right? And you say, well, man, I'm stoked. I'm fired up about this. You know, let's let's start planning out dates to get started. All I need from you is a deposit. You can actually sign the proposal on the bottom here, and it has a credit card info spot for the deposit. And he might do it right there on the spot. I've had that happen. But he also might say to you, you know what? This looks great. You've obviously done your research. This is an incredible proposal. Let me take this home and think about it or talk about it with my wife or talk about it with my partners. And you just say, yeah, no problem, man. I'll send you a copy of this right now. So you'll have it sitting in your inbox when you leave the meeting. And then you guys resume your meeting and just finish up eating and have some small talk and leave. And if that's the case, if that's what happens is is he says he wants to go home and, and talk it over with his wife or his business partners, then what you should do is as soon as you leave the meeting, you should send an email immediately, like from the parking lot on, on your phone, send him an email and thank him for his time and tell him how excited you were to meet, meet him and how you hope you guys can do business together. 
That way he knows that you're, you're, you're a good communicator and you follow up. And that way he's got this awesome proposal that you've done all this work on, you're communicating well, and he's already getting an idea of what it's going to be like to work with you. Now, if you don't hear from him for a while, then it's okay to send a follow-up email. My advice is to send a follow-up email within a week. So if like, let's say we our meeting was again in this situation on a Wednesday, if we haven't heard from them by the following Wednesday, then we'll send a follow-up email that says something real short like, hey, Mike, I just wanted to see if you had a chance to look over the proposal um, and if there's if you had any questions for me. And there, guys, don't freak out. If you haven't heard from him within a week, that doesn't mean no. It might just mean that he was busy, <laughs> you know, genuinely. I've had that happen. I've had clients not get back to me for a couple weeks because they just had some stuff come up. But he'll eventually get back to you. And what might happen is he might get back to you and say, hey, you know what? I talked it over to my partners, talked it over to my wife, and uh, let's do it. And there you go. You're in. And then you just have them sign the proposal, and you guys start scheduling dates. But what happens, and, and I'll answer this question for you, what happens if he gets back to you and says, man, I would like to do this, but $6,500 is a little high. Could you do it for like five grand? Well, when you go to price your work, and I talk about this in my in my How to Price Your Video Work blog and in my How to Price Your Video Work podcast, and that is I always like to price the work a little high so we have room to work with. So if you price your project a little higher, then you might get it. You might get that higher cost. But what else it does for you is it gives you some wiggle room. So let's say you're you did do this pro you did this proposal at sixty five hundred, and he gets back to you within a week and says he wants to do this project, but wanted to know if you could do it for five. Well. If you price yourself higher than what you really needed to do the job, then you might be able to take it for five if you gave yourself some wiggle room and you might be able to respond to him, hey, you know what, I'll do it for five. Boom, you got the job, you made five grand. Well, obviously there's expenses out of that, but you get the point. Um, if you don't give yourself wiggle room, then that that could be harder to do. What if he price, if if he says to you that, if he says to you, what if you could do it for five and you feel like you can't do it for five because that's too low, what do you do in that situation? Well, what I advise in that situation is that you counter him and say, oh, hey, you know what? I totally understand. I'd be happy to do a project for you for five grand, but I'm going to have to cut something out. If we do it for five, I could cut out the testimonials. So there won't be any testimonials, but we could do everything else. You know, you could cut something out of the project to drop that price if you can't come down to the number that he counters you at. And then if you do that, there's a good chance he, may, he might be like, hey, you know what? Yeah, if you could do it for five, if that means cutting that out, that's fine by me. And boom, you got the job and you cut some of the work out, cut a whole day out. So you're able to make that work. So you got to be flexible there. Um, but what if, let's let's paint another situation. What if he calls you back and uh, instead of giving you a price, he just simply says, hey man, I thought about it and $6,500 is just too much for me to spend right now. What do you do if that's the situation? Well, if that's what he does, then I would suggest just simply asking him what he could pay and see what he says. Just say like, well, I totally understand. Uh, may I ask what you had in mind or may I ask what you could pay? And see what he says. He might at that point say 5,000 or maybe 4,500. And you could, maybe that's too low for you, but you can counter and, you know, like I said, offer to cut something out and try to get down to his price that way. What if you ask him that question though and the, the number he gives you is like, man, I was really thinking something like $1,500. Well, maybe that's just way too low right? You can't do it for 1500 So what you could counter is say, hey, you know what? There's really no way I can make a, a web video for you like this for $1,500, but here's what I can do. I could do uh, a couple client testimonials for you. If you if you could, you know, get me to show up uh, to, uh, to one of your client's houses and I could just get uh, a quick 60 second interview of them and, uh, some, some aerial shots of their house. And I could put you together a, a quick testimonial video for 1500. And that way you're still trying to get his business. You aren't giving up on him. You're just finding a different way, a different type of video that you can make that comes down to the price level he wants to get at. And if you do that, you're showing him your flexibility and your willingness to work with him. And there's a good chance he might be like, you know what? You know, I'd, I'd love to have that. I think a client testimonial would be great. And, uh, 
you know, if you do it for 15, then, then we could do that. And then boom, you may not make the 6,500, but at least you're getting a, a small $1,500 job. It's not going to take you very long to do. And more importantly, you've got your foot in the door with this home building company. If you do a good job with that, he might later on be like, hey, you know what? I'm ready for that bigger video. So being flexible is really important here. Now, what if he gets back to you and he says, instead of 1500 he says some number you just can't do business for. Like, man, honestly, all I can budget right now is 500 bucks then he's not your kind of client, at least not right now. And that's okay. And you just respond and say, hey, you know what? Honestly, there's really nothing I could do for you at that price. But I do understand um, that budgets are tight and I appreciate your your time and your willingness to meet with me. Um, let's go fishing sometime, man. Uh, I'd love to just to get to know you more. Like that type of thing where you're keeping the relationship. You're not poo-pooing the relationship. You're not cutting him off and not getting offended that he wasn't willing to pay you what you needed. You're just being understanding and telling him, yeah, hey, you know what? I understand that you can't do this right now. Uh, no big deal. Let's just uh, but let's just hang out and go grab a drink, talk about fishing. That way you're still keeping that door open because you never know when he might come back to you later on in the future. So it's important that you're flexible. So my advice in this situation is when you build your proposal, price it a little higher so you have some wiggle room in case he counters to you later on at a smaller price, you might have some wiggle room or be flexible and find ways to counter his counter with uh, by being able to hit his price point, but by adjusting the final project. That's a really good way to still get a job with a client and keep your foot in the door with them. And my also some of my advice is if they come back, let's just say you price something at 6,500 and he says, Hey, I can only do four. Even if you physically can do it for four, my advice for you is don't say, yeah, I'll do it for four. That's a bad, bad, bad business move. Don't do that. Cause now you've just shown him that you, a, you way overpriced yourself to begin with and B that you're willing to do stuff on the cheap. You don't ever want to do that. That's a mistake. You can come down from 65 to 55 or 65 to five, maybe, but you don't want to come down super far. If you start coming down super far, what ends up happening is, is, is your is your client your client will not respect your pricing and respect your work. So if they come back at you at a number much lower than what your proposal was, you need to change the the what the project is. You can come down to that price, but you need to change the project so that they understand that in order for you to come down to them, they're not getting the same thing. That way your price for your prod, your product or your price for your time or your price for your work is still valuable. You're not just like cutting your, your worth in half. You're changing the scope of the project to meet his budget needs. That way it keeps that respect there. And that's really important because if a client loses respect for your pricing, he'll never get it back. And you don't want that to happen. And he'll recommend when he recommends you to other people who ask who's doing his video stuff, He's going to be like, yeah, he's super affordable. He came down like super big time for me. You don't, don't, don't want that. So don't just chop your price in half for someone. Renegotiate the scope of the project. So that's some advice there. So in in to wrap this up, in conclusion, when you get a potential opportunity like meeting a custom home builder who you met at a bar and you have a meeting set up with that potential customer, Go into that meeting with the plan. Don't go into that meeting just willy-nilly. You want to do your research, learn about the client, learn about the business, see what what his customer or uh, competitors are doing, and then formulate an idea of what you want to make for them, build an incredible proposal with a custom pro quote already ready to go, and show up to your meeting with that. If you show up with that, you're going to impress your client. I don't care who they are. And your chances to get the job either right there during the meeting or quickly thereafter skyrocket. If you go to the meeting and you just show up and you're like, hey, let's talk. What do you want? What What do you want my video services for? Man, you just don't, you don't look prepared and you don't come across as someone who's ready for business. You want to go in with the number and an idea and let them know, hey, I'm, I'm ready. Let's get going. I could start tomorrow. If you do that, you have a much, much greater chance at getting the job and build an awesome proposal. You are a creative. Whether you're getting hired for photography or videography or both, you need to have an incredible visual, visually appealing proposal that jumps at your client because they need to know from the first minute they see anything of yours 
that you are a creative, talented person. Use your proposal like a digital resume that you can include videos and, and picture examples on. That is how you get a may, way better shot at sealing the deal. Now, in conclusion, I will answer this one question that some of you may have, which is, well, what happens if I'm going into a meeting where I truly don't know what to do for this client? And that happens. And, and I've gone to meetings like that. A good example is uh, you might get a call from like a medical company that might say, hey, I'd like to have a meeting with you. We have a bunch of different types of video projects we'd like to do um, that we'd like to chat with you about. And you know, going in this meeting that they're wanting to talk about a bunch of different type of stuff and you're quite unsure on what you could do for them or what it is they really want, then you might not be able to, to follow this process that I said today. You might not be able to go into that meeting with a proposal or a video plan. And if that's the case, that that's okay. But what you could do is do it after the fact. Go to the meeting, at least do some research, try to learn what you can about the medical company. It may be confusing. I've met with medical, I'm using medical companies because this is a, good, a, a recent example for me for a, a medical company where I truly was like, what in the world do they even do? <laughs> but I did my best to research as much as I could. I I tried to learn as much as I could so that when I went to the meeting, I could understand some of what they were talking about. And then when they ask me for a price or they ask me for something, I can kind of give them a ballpark figure, but I can tell them, which I've come up with while during the meeting in my head. Um, but then what I usually do is tell them, hey, you know what? I'll, I'll get back to you with a proposal within a week. And then after the meeting, you can send them your digital proposal. That's not as ideal as going into a meeting with a proposal, but I do recognize that there are times where you just genuinely might not be able to make one because you don't quite understand what you're going to be doing. And if that's the case, make the proposal after the fact. But if you can try to make your proposal before the meeting. So when you walk into the meeting, you can paint the picture for the client and get them to say yes, they're on the spot. Guys, that is how you seal the deal. That really is. And I understand you may follow all these steps. It may not get the job. And I've had that happen. Everybody has it happen. But I can tell you that there was a point in time in my career when I started making these really great proposals, researching my clients ahead of time. And I started walking into meetings with these digital proposals and my odds of success went through the roof when it came to the odds of me getting the job. Huge difference. And I know that if you follow this process, you too will have a much better chance at sealing the deal. Thanks guys for listening to my podcast. I enjoy each and every one of you and I appreciate that all the people that have come and followed my podcast and who listen to it every week. And I also appreciate all of those who are on the Filming with Josh Facebook group. If you are not on the Filming with Josh Facebook group, I want to encourage you to join that group today. It's the Filming with Josh Facebook group. It's an awesome place to come and learn about video, the business behind it, the creative side, photography, etc. Got a lot of members on that page. It's growing. We're almost at 500. I can't wait to hit 500. That's 500 people. Think about it, guys. 500 people in one group where all we do is talk about video production and how to get better. That's that's awesome. So come be a part of that group if you're not already part of it. And thanks again for listening to this podcast. If you want to listen to my podcast, be, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you'll get updated when I come out with the next one. See you guys soon. To learn more about Rustic River Media, visit us online at rusticriver.media. Thanks for listening to the Filming with Josh podcast. Catch every episode by hitting subscribe today.